the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like and come and join us in the chat, a.k.a. the Cover 3 tailgate locks just Filling up the chat right now as everybody's debating what we're going to be on Thursday, what we're going to be on Friday, our best bets for Saturday. And we've got all of those answers right after a brief discussion on where do you scrub in the shower? (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to, we can't waste any more time with uh, our pre-show discussions. Uh, We need to jump right into what we do every 11 a.m. Eastern time on Thursday, which is give you our locks. So let's start. Like we always do with a review of the week that was. Bud Elliott coming through with a six and four week. The wins were Ohio State minus 19 and a half. Western Kentucky cashes. Notre Dame, Louisville under cashes. Troy minus 15 and a half. Yeah, they had something cooked up for uh, for Arkansas State. Uh, took a loss on the Northern Illinois Akron under. Took a loss on Colorado State. Took a loss on the Oklahoma, Texas total. Sitting on that under. And then a loss on Southern Miss minus one and a half. Big notes from the week, Bud. Uh Pretty lucky on Ohio State. Uh, had one unlucky loss. Uh, overall, six and four feels about right relative to how stuff moved. It, it, you know, it, I felt decent all year and, and just not not turning the big profit for, for, for these guys yet. But we'll we'll see if we can get back on track. I got to chase down Danny if I can, man. I mean, seven seven and three. Holy smokes! Yeah, he's uh, Dan- Danny. Day trading Danny is a wagon. He got the extra monitors, and all of a sudden, he's finding the value in the marketplace. Uh, four and four week for me. The wins were Iowa minus two and a half, Utah State plus three, uh, LSU team total over 35 and a half, and the Oklahoma first quarter plus one and a half. The well still provides as it was tied at the end of 15 minutes. Uh, took a loss on Notre Dame Louisville total. I was on the over. We didn't come close. Uh, also, the Kentucky team total over. Again, not happening. UCLA team total over team total over 31 and a half. And then Colorado minus four. They win by three. Uh, four and four. 
for uh, for the week. Uh, Danny, as we mentioned, seven and three, the wins. Ohio State minus 19 and a half. Oklahoma State plus 12 and a half. They got it done outright for Danny Cannell. LSU minus four and a half. Uh, back through the front door, I guess. Uh, Georgia minus 14 and a half. Kentucky, Georgia over the two for one cashes on both. UCLA minus three and Maryland, Ohio State under cashes for you. Now, the losses were Syracuse, North Carolina. You were on the over. That comes in under. Texas A&M minus one and a half. They lose to Alabama. The Oklahoma, Texas total. And that's it, my friends. Seven and three for the week. What were the big takeaways? Uh, I'd rather be lucky than good any day of the week. The LSU one felt like a lucky winner there, especially the way that game ended at the back end. But usually it comes out in the wash because the under on the Red River rivalry was a winner until Dylan Gabriel drove the length of the field uh, to push that total over. The only one I was really bothered by that I felt like was really off was the Syracuse-North Carolina over. The North Carolina did their part. Uh, Syracuse did not do theirs. But I do see... Um, some people in there saying it's time to fade Danny. I probably would too, because I said it last week, like the law of averages usually come back to around that 50% watermark. So take the advice at your own risk and not feeling like great about this week's slate. Just going to be honest Ooh. with you. Listen, all right. We just want to see you buy a Rolex. Yeah. Hit buy a Rolex and then, <laughs> then hit the Selly. <laughs> I am saving this. Hold on. I got to show you the, I, I actually saved it. Somebody Photoshopped this and I think they meant to troll me and I'm saving it because they took this picture of me and Photoshopped in there. Do you see it? It's like a horrible picture of me. It's like the whitest watch. I think it's like a Swatch or a Timex. <laughs> But I'm saving it for a meaningful moment. Yeah, yeah. That, that thing's going to get tweeted <laughs> at just the right time. Uh, uh, Tom Fernelli, four and seven week. The wins were Western Kentucky uh, cashed in on the Oklahoma, Texas over, cashed in on Nebraska, Illinois under, uh, LSU, Missouri over. And then the losses were the uh, NIU, Akron under, Purdue plus two and a half, Arkansas State plus 16 and a half, Notre Dame minus six, Fresno State minus six, Cal plus nine and a half, and Mississippi State minus 20. I don't want to cut you off, but I know that Mississippi State is dead to you. So, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll catch up with you next year, Bulldogs. Uh, first of all, Tom Fernelli, face, pits, kibbles, and bits. As for the bets that I'm, uh, I, I, I talked about Purdue on Monday's show. That's a win in my book. Chip, you, you know, you luck boxed your way into the win there. Other than that, I don't really like, I, I was an idiot for backing Butch Jones, plain and simple. <laughs> Nothing to really say about that one other than you big dummy you got what you deserved the only one where i lost and i was shocked was the northern illinois akron under in that northern illinois put up a 50 burger on its own which is not really something that's normally in northern illinois bag so sometimes you just got to tip your cap on that one but yeah not a great week right before i came down wife looked me dead in the eye and said you know i usually take your locks all season but uh today today i'm just gonna bet danny's picks so. All right. You can't oh. spell wagon without D A N N Y. Wait, so she made it personal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trademark, copyright. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's put that behind us because we've got a week seven on deck. So, we, as you heard in the big game breakdowns, a lot that we weren't sure about about some of the biggest games, but there's value on this board, and I am sure we're going to find it. So, as we look ahead to week seven, I say, gentlemen, you ready to lock it up? 
I suppose. Since 2005, the under in games between service academies is 40 dash. Nine and one. We're picking locks. Give me an over in this one as well. A little two for one special. Don't get these locks. I was a sicko last week. Y'all were watching the good games. I was live betting the hell out of ULM, Kentucky. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. From the locking chair to your ears and eyes, we begin with the action on Thursday and Friday, those early bird specials. We'll start with Thursday night, not the Thunderdome game that um, I projected in the preseason as you know West Virginia off to a 4-1 and one start. Uh, Houston might be facing a, a little bit of pressure, though, for Dana Holgerson. West Virginia-Houston also um, in some action. You've got uh, SMU and ECU. Anybody got a Thursday night lock? I'm going to go ahead and take the over. In, in SMU ECU? Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Oh, in West, West Virginia, Virginia Houston. Houston. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, look, if we're going to paint this as the anxiety bowl and that Dana needs needs to win this to avoid getting fired, I, I imagine he's going to go out swinging. Um, and I I don't know the exact updates on these, but I, I remember watching that West Virginia TCU game, which is the last time we saw the Mountaineers play. Mm-hmm. And how many times do they have to bring the stretcher out for guys on, on this West Virginia defense? An awful lot. And then they had the bye week. And um, that was not a secondary that I had, had graded as particularly high. Uh, the Mountaineers have played, what, Texas Tech when uh, when Baron Morton got hurt, right? Um, they played Pitt with Jerkovic, so maybe not the best uh, passing offense they've faced so far. They played Penn State and were admirable, but that was back when they had more of their starters there in the secondary, I'm probably missing a game that they've played, but I, I just kind of want a TCU, right? Who they did actually a decent job against. I think that both teams will throw it around a little more, and uh, I, I like the over 49. My Twitter tips the under, but I'm not fighting you, so take that for what it's worth. Man, I love these in- inside information into the Twitter tip of the day. Like, you need <laughs> yeah. to actually invest in Tom Fernelli and the Cover Three podcast if you want to look under the hood. You're just a little scanner on your phone. You don't get that good info. Come on. I'm just hot on under, so I'm riding the wave. Um, yeah, S- SMU going. I thought I thought you were going to be talking about um, that second game of the night in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Just the idea that S- things might get a little bit loose, but ECU doesn't have the players right now where I would feel confident. Uh, at some point, I'll buy back in on a young team that's getting a little bit more mature. But tonight is not the night. Uh, what about Friday night's action? Tulane, Memphis, uh, Fresno State, Utah State, Colorado, Stanford. Anybody getting in on a Friday night play? Travis Hunter, anytime touchdown score? We sure he's playing? No, we're not sure. Uh, I, my expectation is that, so the the words that Deion Sanders were using was he he's, wants to make sure his wind, you know, like AKA his conditioning is good because he doesn't want him to be a liability, which if you've had all this time off, especially when you're not competing at a high level, that's um, notable. But my question is for Travis Hunter, even if you get 40 snaps out of him, aren't you improving your odds to win significantly, especially if in those 40 snaps, some of them are at the goal line on offense or defense in terms of what he's able to impact right there? So I I think that he'll play. I just don't think he'll be playing anywhere close to the full workload that we saw before the injury. 
They do have the buy next, right? Correct. But this is must win. I know they're an 11 and a half point favorite, but like leave no doubt playing at home Friday night, Stanford. God, I want to take the Cardinal. That, that would be personal. I don't want to be personal. I'm not touching it. Uh, that would get emotionally invested. I'm not doing it. My only thing with, like, I'm not betting it, but I, I lean towards Colorado because Stanford stinks. But if you look at Colorado's wins, they beat TCU by three. They beat Colorado State by eight. They beat Arizona State by three. They had the 22-point win over Nebraska, but Nebraska turned the ball over seven times. Or not seven, but a lot of times. Maybe Stanford turns the ball over a lot, but it's just it's hard for me to trust this Colorado team as a double-digit favorite against anybody. Same. Nobody wants a piece of Memphis plus four and a half at home against Tulane? Mm. Mm. Not after watching how they defended the option against Navy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So with nothing else on uh nothing else on Friday, and that's it. No, fr- no going into the weekend. Let's go. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and t- flip the page to Saturday. Uh, let's begin. The, the noon slate is kind of hilarious. We're not going to start with any of these, but uh, you're looking at a situation where Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State and Alabama are favored by 31, 33, 19, 17, and 19. Ooh, somebody on upset alert. Who gets stunned? But I want to start with Oregon-Washington. It is the biggest game of the weekend. Top 10 matchup. Great rivalry there in the Pacific Northwest. Um, Of course, we ran down all the different ways that we are excited about this game in Big Game Breakdown. Make sure you go and check that out if you haven't for more detailed X's and O's matchup specific. Washington favored by three over under 66. Anybody got a lock? Ducks. Yeah, Ducks. All right. Yeah. You first? Um, more complete football team. It, I mean, that was like when Danny said it during our breakdown, I was just like, yes, that 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 is really simple when I look at this because it's a 50%. This game is going to come down to a missed kick or a turnover or something stupid that somebody does. And I think that when you need to get just enough stops to win the game, like I think the total is probably right like I, I run it through and I'm like 34, 31, right? Or, you know, something uh, in that ballpark. I think that Oregon's defense has enough difference makers to get enough stops. And then the the fact that you're looking at a Washington run defense that Will Stein might be able to exploit behind this really good offensive line, there's just a good opportunity to, at choice times in this ball game. Uh, try to settle things down, you know, whether the crowd's going absolutely bananas, whether it looks like Penix is starting to get in, in a lot of rhythm and you want to be able to just sort of change the way the game is going. I think Oregon has more ways to do that. Uh, so I, I love being able to get some points here. So I will take the Ducks plus three. Really good. the same idea, right? If, if you're betting Oregon, you need to take three. Uh, if you're betting Washington, you probably just need to wait. This game is traded back and forth all week. You know, like, I don't think there's any reason to take the three. If it goes to three and a half, just, you know, say, hey, I, I missed the best of the number and pass or, or bet it live. But I, I would anticipate this keeps getting traded back and forth. So maybe you'll get a two and a half you, you can take if you want to lay it uh, with the Huskies. So I, I mean, I, I agree with, with Chip. I, I think Oregon will not blitz a lot uh, and they'll, they'll try to win in the red zone. I'll take the under. Yeah, 67 and a half. Can I get that high? 
Uh, yeah, so, I'm using my yeah. on spank odds. Let's see, we got <laughs> on what? Whoa, <laughs> Whoa. Uh, nine ninety nine a month. But yes, there's a sixty seven and a half out there. <laughs> it's uh, uh you you doing I, that on a work computer? <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that that is true. I I, I you, you do got to fire it up on the work computer and and you know, but it, it's uh, it's the cost of doing business. Not um, along your guys' line of thinking. I do think Oregon's defense. You try, you play to not give up the big play. You try to get some stops in the red zone. You know, if you can force them to field goals, that's a huge win. They're more balanced. I think they'll run the football. I I lean your guys' side. It's just that whole Bo Nix on the road, but that is that is going back to where it was. A lot of those stats are from Auburn, where he didn't have as much talent around him. He's been really good recently, so I think you guys are on the right side. But I also just think you'll see Oregon's defense be able to slow down Washington's offense somewhat. Maybe it's Penix pressure. Maybe it stops in the red zone. But I think they'll get the stops they need. It's also, I just checked the forecast, and it's always rainy in Seattle, right? It's not the best climate anyway. So And like they should be used to playing into it. But I'm curious to see what the weather looks like at game time. But sort of that big game under type, you know, yeah. hey, we're expecting the shootout. I'll just – I like the under. Yeah, the – um, re- respect the number, right? Because if you're just simply going like – how many points does Oregon average per game? How many points does Washington average per game? Why is that 12 points higher than the total here when you put them together? And it's like, because, because these are two really good teams. And when they're playing, when stakes like this, you're not going to be having the same kind of offensive production that you do against Portland State and Hawaii. I get totally with you uh, on that there. Tom, you got a lean here? I've got, got a lock. play. Yes, go. Yeah, I've got a lock. Um, we've talked about Washington being a wagon. Something that has not been a wagon this year and is one in four is Latifa. But we're going to be two and four after this one. I'm locking up Oregon plus three. It's freaking. I mean, I, I love Washington. The fact that I don't think they're going to win this game does not change the fact that they are a wagon because a wagon is not just about wins and losses. A wagon is about who you are. Um, but, yeah, as we've gone over a lot, this is – I said yesterday during the big game breakdown, I think of all the teams in the Pac-12 that Washington can face, this is their worst matchup by far simply because of Oregon's interior offensive line going up against the interior of Washington's defensive front, which I think has been a weakness for them all season long. I think that will allow Oregon to kind of dictate and control the pace of the play to keep their offense off the field, which kind of plays to Danny's underplay. And I think this is going to be, no matter what the outcome is, I do expect it to be a close affair, whether it's a lower scoring or if it's just like a back and forth shootout. I don't really see either team pulling away by two scores and staying ahead by two scores. Like the other one's going to work their way back in. So I'm going to take the three points, but I also like Oregon's odds of winning too. Is this tr- is this going to be trendy? Wait. The Oregon? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think it's going to be split. I think the money's evenly. I think it'll be pretty split. Like Washington, Washington playing at home, high-powered offense. Yeah, yeah they'll yeah. get to, get some attention as well. It's traded back and forth all week. I mean, like yeah. the 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 people who who like Washington will, will wait and take the two and a halfs. People who like Oregon will take the threes. What is it going to look like on all like the pregame shows when all the little logos pop up? Whoa, 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 whoa. Just W O W O W O or a woo. I, I don't watch them anymore. Well, I, 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 man, 
I'm just too busy. A all little, a little bit of the Fox HQ. one. I, I don't. I don't watch. I don't watch the game day stuff. Yeah, of course not. I'm, I'm usually I'm, watching soccer, but there's no soccer this weekend, so I don't know. I'll probably just go for a walk or something. All right, listen. As everybody should, we'll be on CBS Sports HQ. We'll be watching it. We'll be putting together the best pregame coverage that you're going to get. So come on and check it out. Hang out with us. Dang right. Nine to twelve thirty, right? Eleven to twelve thirty. You know. Coming up on the other side, we continue rolling through some of the big games on Saturday. We're going to give you our leans and locks for Tennessee, Texas A&M, USC, Notre Dame, UNC, Miami, UCLA, Oregon State, and the rest of our Week 7 locks card next. Saturday, an SEC on CBS doubleheader begins at noon Eastern with number one Georgia taking on Vanderbilt. Then in the 3.30 slot, Texas A&M is on the road at 19th ranked Tennessee. Saturday, the SEC is on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. So let's turn our attention to that showdown in Knoxville. Don't get a lot of Texas A&M-Tennessee games on Less of them probably in the eighteen in the sixteen team uh, SEC once it expands a little bit more. But what's our anticipation here? Anybody got a lock as we're looking at Tennessee? About a three point favorite over under around fifty five. I do. All right, you go. Give me the under fifty five. It's going to be windy in Knoxville on Saturday with some rain in the forecast. But more than that, it's. Both of these teams stink at finishing drives. <laughs> like they, you get them in the red zone. We've talked about Joe Milton. He can hit the home runs. It's it's the intermediate stuff they struggle with. But I think defensively, Texas A&M can at least hold up against the run and maybe hold them to some field goals in those situations. And then A&M, I think, you know, I, I don't know what specifically it is. I talked about it in the big game breakdown. They've been really bad on first and second down. They're putting themselves in a lot of third and longs. And it's just hard when you – don't have an overly explosive offense, which shocker of all shocks. Like I think they've been better this year, but they're still not great. But it's hard to put together really long drives that end in touchdowns when you're putting yourself in third and seven, third and eight. Like half of Texas A&M's third down conversions this year have been third and seven or longer. That's not easy to do. It's not easy to maintain drives. I think this Tennessee defense is improved. So all those factors plus the weather makes me think this won't be the highest scoring kind of back and forth affair. So Texas A&M, Tennessee under 55. Any? I'll go ahead and take the Vols, lay the three. We've seen Texas A&M secondary, right? We've seen mm-hmm. them get torched a couple times. Um. I also think both these defensive lines are really good. They're going to get after the quarterback. This is where I think home field is such an importance because at least you've got the advantage of being able to hear the cadence for a Tennessee offensive line. We saw them struggle to protect Max Johnson that second half. I think that theme could continue. Mildly concerned if Texas A&M can slow down the pace of the game, that would play to you know Tom's bet as well. But ultimately, like... I'm very curious to see where Texas A&M goes from here. Like, what's the mentality of that locker room after losing that game? Tennessee feels like they're in a must-win situation here because, I mean, they got Bama next. It's a huge game. I think it's going to have a Super Bowl atmosphere for them. Um, The Florida game throws me off a little bit, but again, that was on the road. I think this year more than ever with a lot of these even matchups, you're seeing how important home field advantage is. So give me the Vols. You know how long it takes to reload a musket? 
So, I mean, if you want to talk about a reload the musket game, you just got put in a chokehold at home in front of all your military clad brethren. Now you got to reload that musket. And all Tennessee's been doing is sitting out there at the Vol Navy at Calhoun's getting primed for this game, whole week off to get ready to go. You talk about, you know, home home field advantage. Neyland at its peak is a different animal. And I think that in a season where Tennessee entered the season, believing that it was probably not on the same tier as Georgia, and through six weeks can look at all the evidence and be like, yeah, we're, we're probably not better than Georgia, that this game, a game like this against a team in a program like Texas A&M at home is not going to have the, the rivalry feel of some of the other spots, but I think it's got a big game feel. I think we get a big game atmosphere in Knoxville, and I think that is worth more than your average home field advantage, which combined with the layoff, I, I think that it's – I think there's a little bit of value here with the Vols, and so uh, I'll, I'll be going to Tennessee as well. When's the last time AM won a true road game? 19 on six. Straight. Latifa? Yeah, and they're one and six. One and six against. Oh, you're. Wait, well, go ahead. I'll just lay out. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to Latifa it. I, I, I actually. Uh... Man, I don't hate this AM defense that much. I. I... Go ahead and give me the under uh, under 26 team total for the Aggies. I, I, mean, I, I don't know if I trust Max Johnson to protect the football. I don't like Texas A&M's pass pro very much. And uh, go ahead and give me the under. I, I, I think the ball's defense is underrated, mm-hmm. which kind of works with everything you guys are betting, by the way. The um... – it is. Uh, it is going to be a, a, a backs backs against the wall Super Bowl. Like everything you would want from the SEC on CBS game of the week, which you could watch three thirty p.m. Eastern time on CBS or stream on Paramount Plus. Uh, check out CBS Sports HQ for pregame, halftime, postgame coverage. Danny in studio. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. In studio for Lauderdale HQ. Yeah. In, yeah, yeah, in studio for pregame, halftime. Then we passed yeah. a. Pass to Stanford for uh, for post game. All right, let's go. Let's keep it rocking and rolling. Next game up, we've got USC, Notre Dame, South Bend. You want to talk about some conditions? Does anybody have a play? Given the weather that we're uh, expecting in Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday night, now, as we're looking at it, Notre Dame with a short fi- being a short favorite in this game, the seven thirty p.m. Eastern time kickoff. You can watch it on NBC. Over under around sixty. Anybody got to play? Under again, the weather is playing a part in this one because it is going to be wet and it's going to be even windier than it is in Knoxville for the A and M Tennessee game. Um, and it's also going to be cold, by the way which is something you might want to consider if you're backing USC because right now I think game time temp is supposed to be 45 degrees. Welcome to the Big Ten, Trojans. I know it's not a Big Ten game or a Big Ten opponent, but this is your future. Get used to it. Uh, But more than anything, USC's offense has been awesome all year, but we've seen Notre Dame's defense do a good job slowing down Ohio State, particularly at home earlier in the season. I think that you can't stop USC's offense, but you Notre Dame can maybe do a better job than most of at least slowing it down. And on the other side, I talked about it in the breakdown on Wednesday show. I, I think what Notre Dame should do is try to take advantage of that USC defense and be more aggressive. 
I think what Notre Dame will do is what it always does in these games and just try to slow things down, be conservative, hand the ball off, put together long drives. And I will respect the best way to stop USC's offense is to keep it on the sideline theory. I just don't think you can stop it. I think your best chance is just trying to outscore them. And I don't think Notre Dame is going to try that. So give me what's the best I can get here for the and a half. Yeah, USC and Notre Dame under 60 and a half. Yeah, I don't see any 61. 60 and a half it is. I saw somebody um, at the Cover 3 tailgate was saying they got it at 63 and a half earlier in the week. If you got that number over a key number, that is nice. Yeah. These things do get bet earlier in the week based on the weather. And Mm -hmm. I'm I'm starting to think, first of all, I I definitely don't disagree with Tom's play. But I do kind of wonder, like, is there value in betting back against the certainty of the forecast, right? Like some of these are being bet early in the week as if this forecast like is the dead nuts for what the weekend will be. And like, they're usually right, but they're, they're not a hundred percent correct. You know? And so if a total is moving like four or five points based on a Monday forecast, like we better be damn sure we're getting like 18, 20, 22 mile an hour wins. Cause if it's just like 13, and a little precip on artificial turf where the where the you know the the wetness doesn't really matter, then that's probably not a good reason for a line to be moving four or five points. You know, I I want to talk to my turf guy, see if we can get a turf report. Oh, it's about knee high. Notre Dame is uh is turf now, right? Yeah, another turf. <laughs> yeah, they're, but they're it's turf. knee high turf with like tire size rubber pellets, you know, just, just to really slow the Trojans down. <laughs> That's that's Notre Dame football right there. That's what you go. Anybody else got to play here? Some of these big games, I just don't have a great feel. I think under is the right side, but that USC defense is so scary. Like like to Tom's point, even if they their mentality is let's slow it down, like it has been a sieve. They might just run the ball right through their defense too. I don't I don't know. I just gonna stay away, sit back, and enjoy it. I also oh, yeah, wonder I mean, too. So Notre Dame has their bye week next week. So there's sometimes like the week before the bye, coaches will dangle some carrots in front of you just to get a little added motivation. Not that they need any more, but they might say, "Hey," and this was more in the NFL than in college. But normally you get two days off. If you win this game, we'll give you that Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. We'll give you three days off, and nothing motivates any player at any level than off days. So I just wonder if Marcus Freeman's like, hey, you guys are banged up. One more, you know, thing. So I don't kind of like the Irish here, but not enough to lay them. There, one thing that scares me a little bit is, you know, USC hasn't played anybody. <laughs> like, there's been nobody that they've faced where like they should be genuinely scared of. I'm wondering how much stuff they left in the bag. Oh, like just yes. especially if Branch comes back and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they just start running like one of those. Oh, like here's six plays that are designed to get the fastest, most electric player on the field wide open and lead to 60-yard touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The Notre Dame's defense comes up and they're like, on all but seven plays, we did the perfect thing. But in these seven plays, we lost the game. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the two ways of, at this point in the season, they haven't played anybody. They haven't played anybody. Can we trust them? They haven't played anybody. Have they done anything? Like, have they gone deep into their bag at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the way the Irish – or sorry, the, the way the Trojans win this game is probably play it a little bit like Louisville did 
you know, where you're just loading the heck out of the box, almost like Marshall and Stanford did last year, right? Hey, we don't respect your receivers. We're gonna we're gonna beat the run game with numbers. Can you throw it outside the numbers well enough to take advantage of it? So Notre Dame got bet pretty hard, or sorry, USC got bet pretty hard yesterday, and yet it's it's back to uh, it's back to three in a lot of spots now. So there's definitely there's different opinions on this game for sure. I, the other thing I question here with, with the Irish is, I think we generally know who's hurt and who's not hurt for USC. Man, didn't Notre Dame look slow in that game, like beat up? I, I wonder if come Marcus Freeman's press conference on, on Monday, because they're going into the bye week, I wonder if he's not like, yeah, by the way, this guy's really actually pretty dinged, and this guy's really dinged, and we're really happy the bye week's here. We're like, oh, okay, it makes sense that Notre Dame looks physically inferior to Louisville. Well, yeah, the, uh, the buzz last week was that we were going to get uh, Great House and Thomas back, like, and and now it's like, oh, oh and now they're going to come back. I don't know if I can trust anything injury-wise out of Notre Dame right now. If I had known those guys were, were that dinged, I would have bet more on under. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's a busy, busy Saturday night. So all at the same time, we've got USC Notre Dame. We've got UNC Miami. We've got UCLA Oregon State. Let's tackle that showdown in Chapel Hill, uh, North Carolina, currently sitting as a three-and-a-half-point favorite over under of 57-and-a-half. What are we going to do? Yeah, all right. You're sitting. You're all right. Tom's hands off. No. Okay. You don't want any part of it. I get it. Danny. God, I, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't. I want to take the Canes. I just have no. I feel like they're in a good spot. I feel like Mario has handled this the way you should. It's all on me. Take ownership of it. It's all my fault. If they win that game, you know, I think you come in totally different mindset. I would love to scoop up the Canes here, plus three and a half, if they had just won that game, even if it was ugly. I still feel like it might be a time to buy low on the Canes. The other thing that concerns me, too, is North Carolina. Their schedule was tough to start the season, but some of those wins don't look quite as impressive. But then again, you're coming off a game where North Carolina, Drake May, had his best performance yet. Um, Can they protect him? It's at home. I think they should. I don't know. If any of you guys can talk me into getting in on it, I, I would jump in with somebody. Man. Uh, I want nothing to do with this game. I I, I want to bet North Carolina at three. If if some groups oppose it, then I'll I'll, I'll bet it. You know, whenever it hits three, I don't really uh, – I don't, I don't really want three want and a half. I, I saw I over, got, over got bet last night decently. I don't, I don't hate that. I think um, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. What's our, what's our, yeah. Cause you, the reason why I said, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to be sitting on three and a half and watch Mac Brown start playing for a field goal. <laughs> I mean, you knew you were talking about in big game breakdown, you know, Mac Brown game managing upgrade over Mario Cristobal. But again, like I, I do feel like they are both just different versions of, of negative, especially based on the way that like the close Georgia tech loss, the close Oregon loss, the close NC state loss. Like, I mean, I don't know. Just take the whole last four games of last season. And maybe throw that in the uh, under the microscope. So, I I think North Carolina wins this football game, but at three and a half, I'm I'm not feeling good enough to lay a, a field goal and a hook on that one for sure. I don't trust anybody in this game. I don't trust the coaches. I don't trust the players. I don't trust a damn person involved with this matchup. I trust Drake Actually, May. I trust Drake May. That's the one yeah. player I trust. 
So you know what? In that case, what's our North Carolina team total? Ooh, it Let's is uh, 30 and a half. Yeah, let's go. North Carolina team total over. Chip had to pause there for a second. Then he's like, ooh, I was hoping it was more like 27 and a half. <laughs> Tez Walker, another week of practice reps. Get him more involved. You know, the playbook's starting to open up. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So then also, at the same time, uh, over there in the Pac-12, we've got UCLA heading to Corvallis to play Oregon State. Oregon State has kind of recalibrated here over the last couple of weeks after what looked like a, to be a very strong start. Still just one loss on the season uh, coming to Washington State on the road. UCLA just one loss coming to Utah on the road. Something's got to give with these two teams. Who's going to stay in that top-ish tier in the Pac-12? What's our expectation? Anybody got a lock? What team totals are out there for Oregon State? Uh, let's see here. Just so I'd be under. Like the only team that sounds like 28 and a half, pretty yeah, much painted yeah, across get, the board. Oregon State team total under 28 and a half. Lock it up. I again, this is a very, very good UCLA defense that I don't think, you know, I, I, I think those like us are aware of it, but I think the, 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 the casual fan probably doesn't see much of UCLA, but this team defensively, you think Chip Kelly, you think offense. The truth is this team is winning games with its defense. It's particularly good at getting after the quarterback. It's particularly good at stopping the run. And when I think of what Oregon State is going to try to do in this game, I think it plays more into UCLA's hands defensively than Oregon State would want it to. But I don't I don't want to take the game under because I, I, I still think this one could get a little crazy. It's just even if Oregon State wins or loses – I think they're more likely to score fewer than 28 points. So that's where I'm going. I'll go full game under. Yeah. I'll go ahead and take the full game under on this one. You know, you you mentioned that. Yeah. I mean, it's Dante Moore and Corvallis. Yeah, 54 54. and a half out there. Yeah. Cool. Under 54 and a half. Um, I mean, it's a freshman quarterback in Corvallis. And they are, what, 14 to one at home since the start of last year, 14 to one against the spread since the start of last year. And, you know, I understand that uh, UCLA's offense is better than Utah's offense, but it was a similar situation. Inexperienced quarterback going into Corvallis, Oregon State won that game 21-7, to put the absolute clamps on him. And while Oregon State's defense just allowed way too many yards and points just last week, I'm not expecting that a UCLA offense that is – has not looked very impressive is going to be able to do it in this road spot. So um, a lot of what Tom's saying about confidence in UCLA's defense, the fact that I think that um, Oregon state's going to be trying to run the football anyway. And Dante Moore in Corvallis um, has me leaning towards the full game under. So uh, uh, Jim Nagy thing. Right. Oh, there you oh, go. Right. Uh, DJ's coming off his best game, you know, like mildly worried through five touchdown passes against Cal. But I think that's kind of what we've seen from DJ throughout his career. Like when you've had games that are a little bit more of a stat pattern against weaker opponents, that's when he plays well against the better defenses. Doesn't for all the reasons you mentioned UCLA worried about them putting up points. I just think this is going to be a slugfest. So I like that under. Just FYI, I'm letting you guys know that there's 29 and a half available at, at DraftKings, so that's where I'm going. Ooh. That's regular juice. So. Capture the key number of 29. No, just yeah. kidding. But I'm just trying to give myself every little advantage I can get Why here. Not? I, 
I understand it, man. But are you getting in on it? I want to take uh, – I'm, I'm going to agree with Tom, actually. Uh, so uh, Jim Nagy, who runs the Senior Bowl, put out his all-midseason Senior Bowl team. And uh, I don't know how to say this kid's name. It's Fugua, Fagawa, whatever it is. Uh, I'm, I'm probably Fagawing it up, honestly. But I do know he's damn good. They're right tackle. He got hurt against Cal late in that game. I was going through doing the rewatch stuff on Sunday. I mean – I don't know how good Oregon Oregon State's backup linemen are, but if you lose a guy who's first team All Senior Bowl, um, that would matter to me when you have to block a bunch of UCLA guys who I think are also going to be playing in that Senior Bowl. So go ahead and give me that Oregon State team total under. Let's go play the children, Chip. Woo! <laughs> I don't know that he's out. By the way, I just. It, on the off chance, like it's already a good play, and on the off chance that he doesn't play or that he's dinged, Bud sees value. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That's only like a, sm- a small sampling of what we've got for our entire week seven card. So coming up on the other side, we open things up. The rest, any game goes for Saturday, our locks for week seven, plus our money line sprinkles. Next. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast. Let's take a review of what we've got on the board so far. Uh, Bud is sitting on Oregon plus three. West Virginia. Houston over 49. Is it going to refresh? Uh All right, listen, I'm just going to read through it. Oregon plus three, West Virginia, Houston over 49, Texas A&M team total under 26 and a half, Oregon State team total under 29 and a half. There we go. Uh, Chip is on Oregon plus three, UCLA, Oregon State under 54 and a half, Tennessee minus 30, North Carolina team total over 30 and a half. Danny's got UCLA, Oregon State under 54 and a half, Tennessee minus three, Oregon, Washington under 67 and a half. Tom's got Oregon plus three, Oregon State team total under 29 and a half, Texas A&M, Tennessee under 55 and USC, Notre Dame under 60 and a half. All right, full board is uh, is there for the taking. Danny, the wagon, uh, where do you want to lead this? Uh, let's go. You know what? It's been a minute since I've been able to play this team, and uh, it's honestly bothered me a little bit, but I think it's time to get in. Florida State hasn't looked the part, right, since the LSU game. They've struggled. They floundered. The BC game, they almost lost last week. Virginia Tech, you thought you were going to get the complete performance. It was 22 nothing, and they kind of messed around a little bit. I think it's time to get on the Knolls, especially when the 93 National Championship team reunion is taking place. They're going to do it for the OGs who are going to be in the house, my boys, while I'm working down there in the studio. <laughs> killing me that I can't be there, but they're going to pull this one out. I'll lay the 17 and a half. I think this is the performance, kind of like Georgia. We were looking at Georgia like, man, when are we going to get that performance? I think they're starting to feel it. I think they're starting to hear it. I think they have that breakout performance. I think they win big against Cuse. Cuse is broken right now. They've lost four major contributors for the season due to injury. They've been banged up along the offensive line. They can't block anybody anymore. And when you're already a team that didn't have much of a passing game because you don't have Gadsden, um, 
You know, it's uh, y- y'all see Dino's like comments this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said, "Did did did you see it, Danny?" No. He said, like, hey, hey, what's you know, like what's what's going on with the depth? He said, "The depth's in the transfer portal. Can't do anything about it." Can Can I ask Dino a question? Was Syracuse able to withstand that many injuries before the transfer portal existed? Was this a team that had the, so, so so much depth that they could get to their third and fourth stringers and be just fine? Or are we just kind of making that up as an excuse? Just wondering. This is not the first time in the last four years that a Syracuse team has just depth-wise and entirely yeah. fallen apart. Mm-hmm. It it does seem to be an issue with this program when it comes to roster construction that if you are going to have one of these years where the orange pop, you really need to have injury luck and that anything that is going to shake that is, is going to lead to some real problems. Totally. I mean, it, it's yeah. I, I think that's a really underrated hard job. I mean, yeah. obviously they, they pay well. I mean, if, if Dino gets, gets canned, which I don't think he will, I, I think they're probably going to, Get to the bye week and, and make a bowl, maybe a bowl plus one. The 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 home stretch is pretty easy for them. They we knew they had a wicked hard middle. In some wicked ways, this feels yeah, exactly. <laughs> In some ways, this feels like a like a get to your corner game, right? You can you could you could see how much time's left in the round. You got the bye week on on the horizon. You just defended ninety seven plays against North Carolina have to turn back around, get back on the jet, and go play the Knowles. Um, I thought Florida State played really well last week. They didn't cover. Kickoff return and uh, – Second quarter wasn't good. No, but it was It was like in watching it, I thought they played really well and got totally screwed on on, on two like non-called penalties. Like I've never seen Norvell go nuclear on the. Like, I got thought I thought Norvell was going to get a penalty. Like he's up there like clenched fist. Now, he's not going to hit him. I know, but like he's I, like I, he doesn't usually act like that. And it was like oh my god, like he he's about to lose it on him. Um, lock agreement. The, the, uh, Q said seventy yards in the first half last week against the Yeah, tough, tough scene for. Uh, it's like on one hand they are four and two, right? You know, what what could be wrong with a four and two start? But you know, you uh you look at the current state of the roster and uh and uh it's uh it's it's not looking great right now. All right, so a little lock agreement on everybody's uh, trying to ride Danny's coattails. He's got four picks in and there's lock agreements on three of them. Just everybody's I mean, trying to ride the wave. I, I'm trying to beat him, like I'm trying to not agree with him, but I can't let him like get ones that I think are layups, right? Like, like I, you know, you, you gotta defend the layups and at least match him. Yeah. The uh yeah, you can't let if you if you believe in your heart it's a winner, don't let him be the only one to go out there and take it. Right. Come on now. Um come on now, come on now Eli. <laughs> Uncle Baby Bill is Bible bonkers. This is a hit. <laughs> Use a toilet baby. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. They don't call them the spoiler makers for nothing. I was talking about that noon slate and I was thinking, I was like, Oh man, like, look at all these, these, there is no way that Georgia, Michigan, Ohio state, Florida state, and Alabama are just all going to win by 30. Somebody is going to be in a game that is way closer than expected. And for an Ohio state team, which the offense, I liked Tom's comment on Saturday night, like, Half of Kyle McCord's second half uh, attempts were to Marvin Harrison, the junior, and I thought that number was too low. 
Like that's yeah. So Ohio State's offense because they can't run the ball consistently, and I know we get Travion Henderson back, but they haven't been able to run the ball consistently. Uh, Mecca Buka a little bit banged up, not really sure what the, his status is, but the non Marvin Harrison Jr. offense is is not rocking, firing on all cylinders. So you go on the road to Purdue, West Lafayette, a place where the Boilermakers have won outright against the Buckeyes three out of the last four times. They don't play every year. You got to go back to 2009 to be able to get that. But if you want to talk about a little spirit, little aura, little vibes that might be there for the Purdue fans that are in attendance in the last you know, 14 years, they've seen more wins against Ohio State than they have seen losses. I don't know, Rondell Moore is not walking through that door right now, but I'm not asking Purdue to get the outright win. I'm just asking for Purdue to be able to make this thing a little bit interesting. And I think that this is a spot coming out of an Iowa game where numbers have told me Purdue played better than Iowa. The scoreboard didn't say so, but you know the, the numbers say that Purdue actually played all right in that competition. Yeah, give, give me Purdue plus 19 and a half or 20. 19 and a half? 19 and a half. Give me Purdue plus 19 and a half against Ohio State uh, to put a little scare in uh, in Ohio State. It it might not even be a scare. I just don't see the Buckeyes. Of all these teams in the noon slate, if I'm picking one team that is going to um, maybe find it a little bit difficult, I agree. It's not going to be Florida State. I definitely don't think it's going to be Michigan, um, and I don't think it's going to be Georgia. I, th- I think it's Ohio State getting everybody to – ask for a peacock login, scrambling at 2 p.m. Eastern time, trying to figure out what's going on. So, yeah, let's go Purdue plus 19 and a half. Good luck to you, sir. Just don't know if I like that very much. I thought about under. Purdue lost their right tackle. Um, and the backup got worked by uh, by Iowa. I don't know. I, I, I could see it. I mean, I, Ohio State didn't score an offensive touchdown last week till the third quarter. Mm-hmm. I just, for me, this matchup, like Purdue's defense is getting better, but they still play a ton of man. And this is not the team I want to be Purdue's secondary playing man against. We're like Ryan Walters. When you, what'd you say earlier this season? He's running the defense that he had when he had NFL players in the secondary, but he has Purdue players in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, again, they're getting, they're getting better. They're getting more familiar with the scheme and all that kind of stuff. It's just, Man coverage against Marvin Harrison, Stover, Emeka, Buka, and then you've got those running backs coming out of the backfield. It could be a tough day. Oh, man. Now Ryan Day's coming for me. <laughs> I thought great. it was disrespectful what Chip Patterson <laughs> said on the Cover 3 podcast. Oh, cover. <laughs> I, wonder what, I wonder what Chip Patterson's doing right now. <laughs> New Fresh Prince of Bel-Air spinoff coming up next on Peacock. Dude, I, <laughs> I really thought Notre Dame media was going was to, like the state media was going to use, you know, like one of my one of my Irish takes. Um, if they had one of those games, they just, you know, they, they didn't. So it... it, it <laughs> Like you saw, Ben uh, Brandon Walker got uh, got done by Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Oh no! So, uh, so did Pate. So did McElroy. I think they they had them all dialed up. Good, Man. drag them all, drag <laughs> them all. We're never wrong. Yeah. That's right. Catch this, this show is always right. Yeah, because I I know what's really going to connect with audiences is when Oklahoma clips first quarter. <laughs> um. All right, Tom. What do you want to disrespect? I've got so many plays left on the board. Oh, good. I will start in the SEC, where I'm taking Danny and Danny and Bud's favorite team, 
I'm taking the Florida Gators plus two and a half against South Carolina. Now, I know I, I mentioned on this show two weeks ago that you don't want to bet against the Gamecocks during the South Carolina State Fair, but that's when they play at night. This game is being played in the afternoon. The fans aren't going to have nearly enough time to, you know, get ready, quote unquote, for this game. It is not going to be as insane of an atmosphere. And I think that, honestly, we've talked about Spencer Rattler at times this year. He deserves a lot of credit for standing back there and doing everything he can to help this South Carolina team. But he's just he's he's one man against eleven sometimes when they're when they have the ball. And I just think this Florida defense is going to have its way with the South Carolina offensive line. I think that the Gators will be able to move the ball, not explosively, but effectively enough against the South Carolina defense. I think the wrong team's favored here, boys. Give me the Gators plus two and a half. I really want to join you on this. I I do. I just Florida held out their center and their left tackle last week. And Florida wants to play like Iowa is kind of disrespectful. So like old school Wisconsin, let's, mm-hmm. let's be favorable, oh, yeah. which is, is certainly a choice if you are in the state of Florida and you have access to all that speed, but whatever. <laughs> the problem is old school Wisconsin or Iowa, they don't lead the nation in EPA lost to short yardage penalties and special teams penalties. And Florida is dead last in both. Mm-hmm. Can you put that in plain speech? Like, give us a, give me an example. Like where nobody this- has shot themselves in the foot more by committing penalties in short yarded situations and committing okay. special teams penalties. So like, like false Florida starts games. and all that kind on, of crap. On both Just, sides, so it's like third and one, yes. you do a false start, yeah. or on defense, mm-hmm. you jump off sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their offensive line penalties in short yardage are like insane. It's especially a on the occurrence. It's, it's yeah. but the problem is like how sustainable is that? Like if Florida just doesn't play like dumbasses. <laughs> they should overwhelm like like they should take care of business like they have better when they get off the bus florida's players look different than south carolina's players do but i don't trust florida to not play like idiots but when they do like they they handle tennessee it it's it's a hard team for me to bet on because they i mean they're they completely lose their stuff on the road it's ridiculous What's I agree the, with. I think I like the Florida side, but I'm not going to play it. All right, they, they uh, can't bring themselves to do it, Chip. They just can't. It's coaching, but I, I, I know <laughs> Tom's like an anchor. He brought down <laughs> his wagon to slow down. <laughs> mean. Uh, all right, Danny. Let's. let's take, leave all right, us I got up. one. I actually, I actually wrote this one down. See this, Louisville. Minus seven and a half against Pitt. What I'm going to do, hold this up, see what this, see this, this vase right here, putting it in there because that's a negative thought for the Pitt Panthers, so we don't want them to see it. But my goodness, Pitt is just not very good. I think Louisville, I think they got some momentum. A little bit worried about the letdown, but this is a school that's in a place they haven't been in a while. I think they carry the, the momentum from the Notre Dame win and Pitt is just in a bad space. Like, do I have to be worried that Phil Jakovic is going to be running over the middle and catch a big touchdown pass at tight end? I don't think so. They're making the switch. When you make a quarterback switch like this, I know it's the bye week. I just, I'm not sold on Pitt. So, as much as I hate to do it, my dad's a Pitt Panther. Hail to Pitt. This ain't the same personal it's business. <laughs> <laughs> That vase was very small. 
considering all the negative thoughts that were going on around pit football. Um, and it was like very much in the center of the hallway where I was worried that if anybody, I don't know, any of your six, five, 330 pound linemen bumped into it, that thing was going to topple over and, and get smashed. But quite the bit of uh, motivational tactics from Pat Narduzzi as he puts out a vase in the front hallway for people to now, put their Don is saying it's fake news. Is yeah, apparently fake? it's not for that. And they carried it around last year when they were down nine starters in El Paso and beat UCLA in the Sun Bowl, which I don't know. Like maybe there's some boot. Like maybe the Vaz is a way to create opposing quarterbacks throwing like four horrendous interceptions like DTR did last year for, for the Bruins. Like may, maybe this is like. Maybe that's how they get Plummer to throw him the ball a bunch of times. So Pat is trying to say the fake news is the Phil Dracovic tight end thing. Oh, I thought he was saying oh. the, the, the boss is also not for that. Mm. I have flowers. Is the, I, I don't. Mm. So the, we should, the tight end thing is the fake news. It's all I, fake in news. any case, this all this makes me like Louisville that much better. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah, the... Uh, the tight end thing, he said that uh, Phil Jakovic will not be playing tight end. We're making the change because we needed a spark. And spark is every coach's word when. Oh, <laughs> I've dreaded the spark. <laughs> you got been on both sides of the spark. <laughs> yeah. It's because it, you know what it means, right? It oh, gets yeah. Like, it means you suck and you're getting right. Yeah, it means you're lifeless. You need a spark. <laughs> um. All right, uh, let's see. Let me. I got, this this one can be pretty simple. Virginia Tech had to go up against Florida State. You know, we we mentioned how that game went. It was tough, man. It, it Virginia Tech really they didn't pour everything out, but they they definitely brought a lot of energy. Wake Forest, man, they got they got really close. You know, they they really like they had a performance against Clemson. You know, where you were just you got to be proud that you even put yourself in a position to be that close. And Virginia Tech and Wake Forest are playing each other. So after Wake Forest had to go up against the defensive line of Clemson, and after Virginia Tech had to make that trip down to Tallahassee and take a little double-digit butt whooping, oh, we got ourselves a double-body blow first half under. Virginia Tech, Wake Forest, first half under 23 and a half. That's, that's pretty smart. <laughs> I like that. All right, who wants it? I got one. What you got? Somebody in the chat actually asked Bud about Buffalo, the Bulls. Buffalo's schedule. So now I got an inside track here. You want inside information? My boy Kevin Carter, who we do the stuff in New York, his son Zion's a tight end for Buffalo. So we watch a lot of Buffalo Bulls. Bowling Green has been spanked a little bit this year. I know they had the win against Georgia Tech. That was one Bud said, did they have the plays? Did they have the signals? Did they have the playbook maybe? I don't think they have it against Buffalo. Buffalo's caught a couple wins back-to-back. Uh, -back. I think they continue it. So I will lay the three-and-a-half with Buffalo against Bowling Green. Okay, this is it's the time one for go mode. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's time for sicko mode. Let's go. I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like UMass. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. 
a Danny Canal sicko mode. That's kind of like insider day trading Danny, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he's got two SECs on his ass. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, oh uh, that's that's awesome. It's very very good stuff. Bud, do you have any sicko? Like while we're sitting I here, do in have a sicko mode. I, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess Virginia Tech first half under is a little sick too. I mean, this is a gas mask portion of the podcast. This that that is pretty sick. All right, what's the best number I can get on Navy and Charlotte? All right, forty three and a half looks like. All right, so I kind of like Navy's defense when they when they're not being spread out. Charlotte doesn't do anything on offense, so I, I, I like Navy's defense there. I like Charlotte's front seven an awful lot. They they, they, they seem to have like real for the G five like real real bodies uh, who, who could take advantage there. They're coming off a of bye week, so you've had two weeks to rep the option. It's 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 a chance for Charlotte to actually get a win. Which have they won an, F, an FBS game yet this year? I don't think I don't so. Think right? so. I think you're going to get a get a home run effort here from Charlotte at home, and that means defense because I don't think regardless of what kind of swing they put on, the offense does much. So I'm going to bet that under 43-and-a-half in uh, in Navy Charlotte. That's a football game. That is a football game. Not one you spent a lot of time on this week, you're saying? No. Okay. No. It's, I, I did not spend a lot of time on Navy and Charlotte. Listen, you know, that's I've I've got a soft spot for the Charlotte 49ers, and I'm glad that the 49ers and the Arkansas Razorbacks will both be in action this week. But uh, you know, I'll I'll come back to that a little bit later on. Um all right. What about Tom? You said you got a lot left. Well, we're on sicko mode, so I'll just go with the Mac minute here. Um <laughs> I've got three unders in the Mac. Yes. Are they all windy? Unleash them. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a windy Saturday in the Midwest, friends. Um, the first one is Miami, Ohio, Western Michigan, under 44 and a half. The second one, uh, they, they can't score 50 again. Not against the wagon that is the Ohio Bobcats. Give me Ohio, Northern Illinois, under 44 and a half. And finally, Akron's not going to give up 50 again. Give me Akron, Central Michigan, under 43 and a half. Just... A lot of bad offenses, a lot of running the ball, and a lot of wind and rain. It's going to be windy in the Mac. <laughs> All of these Mac games are like, I mean, that, that Ohio game is 22-mile-an-hour winds mm -hmm. with a 65% <laughs> chance of rain. Yep. I'm yeah, not going to be able to golf tomorrow. It's you almost don't want the downpour, right? You know, like no, you, you don't want, want a downpour. You just want wind and cold, and then just a light rain is fine. I'd I'd prefer no rain, but if as long as it's not a downpour, you're okay. Yeah, I, I'm okay with like a crazy downpour. Yeah, like it, hurricane. Like, like, I mean, sure. the uh, there were two last week. It was uh, like the second half of FAU uh, Tulsa. I don't know if you guys watched that or not. It might have been. I don't know if it's CBS Sports Network or, or Plus, but. Like that one was insane. There was one other one too. I was like, oh my god, this is oh Boston College Army. Had yeah. was was pretty wild too. Um, well, that's great because Castellanos doesn't need to throw. We just need him to run. Hell, our Army throws more now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Danny, you look antsy. What? 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 Let's, well, let's I see. get uncomfortable. I get really uncomfortable. 
when I have to make this play. But it's like you got to dig a little bit because I didn't feel great about the big games. George Bulldogs, they're taking the road show. They're taking it to Nashville to take on the doors. Do you guys realize the last two years they have outscored Vanderbilt 117 to zero? Lord. Lamb. Just lamb and don't even think about it. I know I don't I don't like to do it. Again, it's business. Nothing personal. <laughs> All right, so if it's business, then, then I, I can't let you catch freebies on me. Lock agreement. <laughs> oh. I just think they, they kind of unlocked they unlocked the the door. They unlocked, you know, that that offense feels better. They're getting guys back healthy. You're and like the home field, you got we were talking about the other day. Like who's it gonna be? There are gonna be a lot of bulldogs there taking the road trip, coming straight from Broadway, liquored up. It's just too much. We got, we got 31, by the way. Oh, perfect. Shameful, better. shameful, shameful. I know. I hate to do it. I really do. Basically, for, for I'd love to, to lose this one, trust me. But if I lose it, let's get the upset of the year while you're yeah. at it. <laughs> you know, I, I don't like this. Give me Vandy plus 31 and a half. Screw oh! this guy. Oh, fighting it. Fight, 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 fight. I'm not going to sit by and let this happen. Not to my friends. There, uh, there is a money line out there. If Tom, if you want to do that for sprinkles, uh, we got a little fifty-five to one action. <laughs> is, I might, uh, I might. It's probably the well. If is the there doors, a UMass money line this week, if the doors do it, I bet Barton joins us. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. They better uh, bring back the sound and the hype video too. Dang it, <laughs> me and Bud, they better bring it back, <laughs> dude. Uh, yeah, I mean. While we're sitting there in the uh, three hundred to one, <laughs> <laughs> while we're while we're sitting there in that uh, in that noon slate, I would like to get Michigan team total over thirty nine and a half. I just think they're in body bag mode right now. You know they they went they did their uh, they did their exchange program. You know they went and backpacked across Lincoln, made their way through Minneapolis and St. Paul. Now they've returned home. And they are uh, a fully functioning national championship contender. They're done with the preseason. They're done with practice. Now it is about ramping up for the very few tough games on the schedule. I, I kind of think they're in, you know, put you in a stranglehold mode. And on the Indiana side, which, yeah, feisty defensive front. But they are coming out of the off week. And I, I wonder, I wonder if, there is going to be a point where we put Andy, Indiana on watch, right? Like where like everybody. Keyword? Yeah. I don't want to say that for a coach like Tom Allen who has, you know, built up a good foundational guys play hard, love each other and everything else. But man, there are, there are better things to be doing with your Saturday than going and getting your ass kicked in the big house. So uh, the one thing that they're good at is defense. We'll, we'll see if they come out. And uh, we'll, we should know by the end of the first quarter whether or not I'm going to be able to get to 39 and a half. But I, I expect Michigan will score on its first drive, have a couple more first half scores, and uh, and they'll it finish with a 40 on the board. So, yeah, give me Michigan team total over 39 and a half. I want to hear some drill. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Uh, 
Ole Miss is a bye week this week. Uh, so the dentist has a pick on a team that has played Ole Miss. Trying to decide if Ole Miss offense is that much better with Trey Harris in pre-scoring healthy or if LSU's defense is just that bad. Probably a little of both, and obviously that game could have gone either way, but I was surprised that Ole Miss was able to fight back being down nine points with only seven or eight minutes left in this game. I think he just sent in this long preamble to be able to remind people that Ole Miss beat LSU, which is, is good bragging uh, for, for, for your football team. Uh, it definitely seems to have given us confidence going into the home game against Arkansas. And I know Arkansas lost three in a row, but I still think there's not much separation between uh, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas. Ole Miss definitely looked better with receiver and tight end back healthy and should beat Arkansas at home, but 11 and a half is a lot. Uh, oh, that's uh, that's last week's pick. Okay, great. So I'm, I'm the one I forgot to read. He, uh, what did he have? He had Arkansas team total over 20, 26 and a half. That lost. Uh, but he also had Arkansas plus 11 and a half retroactively. All right. Not going to so, count it. Not going to no, count it. No, agreed. That's that's on me for forgetting to read it. Also, I mean, that's that's pretty epically bad that I read last week's pick today. Um, I was right. getting kind of confused there for a second, yes. I was like, wait, what? Is he like <laughs> – yeah. Uh, he said, I'm going to keep riding this train until it derails. LSU team total over 36.5 and, and Auburn LSU game over 60.5. I mean, as somebody who's been just cashing LSU team total tickets over and over again, no hate from me. But yeah. I only fear with the the game total this week because I didn't lock it up. It's just I don't know if Auburn is the team that can take advantage of LSU's defense. I like where your head's at. That's why I am going to go Auburn team total under. Mm-hmm. It's too high. Yeah, I also wanted to look at I also wanted to look at Auburn plus eleven with the ideas like. Pfft, LSU is going to be playing in one-score games the rest of the season, but <laughs> the aforementioned uh, Auburn offensive structure, sort of who they got out there, what they do, uh, I don't want to be having confidence in that. Certainly not in a place with, uh, you know, like locks. I want to respect the respect the, the platform here. Uh, 24, by the way. Under 24? Uh, yeah, there's 26 and a half, but it's crazy juice. I'm not going to give that out. Um. Glad we glad we got a word on that one. That was one of the. All right, anybody can get get a get a play on Iowa Wisconsin. Thank yes. you. I mean, well, how dare we? Just, <laughs> Come on, Thomas. Yes. Duh. <laughs> Iowa Wisconsin under thirty four and a half. This ain't even about the weather because as far as I know, the weather there is not going to be all that different than, or it's not going to be all that exceptional. But come on, uh, Deacon Hill is going to be throwing helicopter passes nobody's going to be within 10 yards of him. Although, I don't know if you saw the quote. I can't remember who it was from. I think it was Eric All or somebody else on the Iowa offense. <laughs> they asked him about his accuracy. They were saying this week in practice, he's been he's been hitting his targets. They didn't say what the targets were. Um, <laughs> and then I do think defensively, Iowa's going to be able to slow down Wisconsin because, I mean, Wisconsin is just better Iowa for the most part. It's Iowa in the spread is really what Wisconsin has been this year. So, Iowa, Wisconsin, under 34 and a half. I saw this stat. Let the children sing, by the way. Oh, yes. <laughs> I want to say it was since 2000. The FBS has only seen totals of 34 and a half or lower four times. Three of them have involved Iowa in the last two years. Uh, and they're three and one. Uh, there was one other game, 2015, Mizzou-Vanderbilt was a 34. It finished 10-3. to But last year, Iowa at Minnesota closed at 31.5. It was 13-10. to 
There was a winner. Iowa at Rutgers was 34 and a half. That one was the loser. And then in 2021, Iowa at Wisconsin, last time they played 34 and a half, it was 27-7 for the winner to hit the under. That was probably a sweating it out. I kind of want to take Wisconsin. I saw it was popping at nine and a half. I wanted to get in and lay them. But why? Why <laughs> Why have to sweat it out? Like, I just, I'm on you with the under. I think it's going to be an ugly, gross game. Fat Joe Milton, he's not going to get it done. Yeah. So dance, just pull up my pants and <laughs> the rock away. <laughs> and the, the nice thing about betting like totals that are this low is you know real early. Like it's not really a sweat. Like by the end of the first quarter, you could kind of tell if you, you, you're probably done or you know you're going to cruise to a win. When you're checking the live total and it's like 26 and a half, you're like, all yes. right. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah, this is, yeah. Um, I, so I like did that. I, Joey. Well, so did only I. a guy from a Midwest city would describe 20.8 mile an hour winds and 50% chance of rain as not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they could if, be playing this game in a dome and I would still be taking the under. <laughs> if, if Danny and I yes. were announcing this game, we'd be like, dude, this is terrible weather. Like, I need a ski jacket. This is, yeah. Oh, I you mean like when I'm, the president was at Army Navy and said it was bad football on broadcast television? <laughs> I golfed in that on Tuesday morning. It was fine. It's not a big deal. <laughs> um, so there is, um, you know, when there's not a lot of football in like, you know, New York City or like the New York State New area. New York City. So when when you're the number. Oh, is that a Pace Picante sauce commercial yes. rep? Dude. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> God, we're old. <laughs> When you're the fourth best player from the state of New York, it's not going to, you know, resonate with a lot of people. But, you know, when your father, uh, you know, played college football and, you know, you, you, you're going to want to have dreams of competing at a high level on a big stage in prime time under the lights. And when you're, when you got a big arm and, and your coach is really invested in you. And in fact, you know, you committed to the previous coach. And as soon as the new coach got the job, one of the first things he did was call you up four days before early signing period and make sure you were still going to be on board, which is why I think that the adjustment from Riley Leonard to he Henry Beal in the fourth is too much. I'm going to take Duke and I'm going to lay the points against NC state because Beelan's got a big arm. He's not going to be able to do you know, all of the, you know, sort of make stuff happen. But he's been in this program for the last two years. He's been with Kevin Johns. He understands, you know, exactly, you know, what needs to happen within the framework of this offense to be able to put players like Moore, like Calhoun, be able to put them in positions uh, to get enough done. NC State's got a salty defensive front, no doubt. But I I think that we have seen an over-adjustment in what this spread should be given the absence of Riley Leonard and putting Beelan in. Um, Duke staff is, feels pretty good that they're going to be able to maintain that level of play. But the ultimately, the, the confidence comes from Duke's defense, which has just been absolutely salty. And, you know, everybody makes a big deal about, you know, the, the big numbers of transfers that come in. Like, well, what about Al Blades from Miami? What about, you know, going to get a player from Texas A&M to come play corner? Like Mike Elko was able to retain players in the defensive front who other schools wanted and then go get pieces on the back end. And they've improved a lot in the secondary. I, I just think they put the clamps on NC State's wide receivers. It caused a lot of problems for MJ Morris up front. And uh, I see Duke being able to win. So uh, give me the Blue Devils minus, was it three and a half? 
Three. Three. Love it. Let's do it. CLV, chip line value. Nice. That's the only way I'd play it, I think, at at, at three. Um, I got a couple more. Okay. Let's go. I mean, I, I can't argue that hard on behalf of Mark Stoops and not lay the two and a half points with those Texas Wildcats <laughs> in Lexington. Let's go. I mean, think about how bad Leary's, Leary's played. It's not like there's any hidden value fading Leary. We, we've all seen him miss a bunch of throws already. I, I, I think this is kind of the bottom of the market on Kentucky, and I'll, I'll go ahead and buy and lay it two and a half. Nasty weather game, a lot of running from the Wildcats, good front seven there. Hopefully the secondary can not play like they did against Georgia. And uh, I'm I'm gonna lay it. I look that's a that'd be a bi- a big course correction from we're about to beat LSU to losing two straight for uh for the Alpha Nerd right there. Do you know who else needs this? Maybe in a bad way is Georgia. So that Kentucky is still going to be a nonsense number twenty three team in the final college football playoff rankings. Correct, because the odds that Tennessee finishes with like four losses are pretty high. Uh, and Missouri has a tougher West draw, I think, right? So does Missouri still get Bama? No. Do they get? I don't think so. So Missouri, Missouri has to go South Carolina at Georgia, Tennessee, Florida at Arkansas. So Missouri could finish ranked in theory. Yeah, there is certainly a scenario in which Georgia has zero ranked wins at the end of the year if, you know, pre-SEC title game. Anybody going to make a play on the Mountain West showdown out on CBS Sports Network, 7 p.m. Eastern time kickoff, Air Force and Wyoming, 5-0 and Air Force against 5-1 and Wyoming. The Falcons Air have Force been wagging, a wagon. A wagon with wings? You can't just be throwing that out there. Ten and a half point <laughs> favorites over under of forty one and a half. Oh, we're using the wagon term. I'm. I really can't wait to watch this game. It is difficult for me to trust Air Force as a double digit favorite against Wyoming. That said, I'm not exactly rushing to bet Wyoming either. So, I really, really want to watch it. I've got no play on it. Air Force team total over. Ooh, what are you getting it at? Was it twenty seven? Right. Let's take a look. What what game number is that? Uh, is at seven PM Eastern time on CBS Sports. One eighty one, one eighty two. Eighty one, eighty two. Okay. Uh, and that is the home team total. Uh, I got twenty six and a half. Twenty six and a half. I'll take it. Um, Miami can be a little bit loose with the ball. Me, let me let me say we get might get some short. We got a decent chance of getting some short fields here. Uh, and Falcons defense has been tremendous. Their field position is usually very good, and uh, they've kind of got an excellence of execution thing going on that definitely fits with the overall brand of the Troy Calhoun program. Ten and a half feels like too many daggum points, but especially coming out of the off week, I do think Air Force has a very good um, effort, especially playing at home. Got another Mountain West play. Let's go. Let's go. UNLV minus nine on the road against Nevada. Nevada stinks. 
UNLV, I think, is going to be able to run the ball pretty much at will against this defense, and I think they're going to control the game. So give me the running Rebels putting the running and running minus nine. Related play for me in that, under 54. Rivalry game under? Yeah. Rivalry game, a lot of running, Nevada off a bye, so they should rep this offense a lot. Yeah. All right, I think I'm tapped out till money line sprinkles. I've got two more. All right, let's hear them. Uh, give me BYU plus six at the Chandler Morris list TCU Horned Frogs. I Who have, says that TCU should be favored? It's kind of the principle. And it's like, I, I don't have a BYU has not been great this year, especially. I don't like it on the road in the day. I, I love BYU at night at home, but just yet yeah, TCU going to their backup QB. It's hard to trust that team favored by nearly a touchdown. So give me BYU plus six. And then finally, I mean, there's a lot of wind out there, boys, and there's a lot of games being played in that wind. Give me the Iowa State Cincinnati under 44 and a half. I mean, never mind an under in an Iowa State game, right? Danny and uh, Danny and Chips under in UCLA got hit, by the way. So maybe cover three tailgate nice. weighing in. Look yeah, let's that. go. <laughs> I have one more, and then I'm tapped. I'm a don don. The difference in schedules played so far between FAU and USF, <laughs> I, I think, is materially different, right? Uh, FAU's had to go play on the road at Illinois. They had to play Ohio, which was a wagon the game, which their one of their best players got knocked out. They had to go play at Clemson. USF's played Bama and basically nobody else, and they lost by like forty last week to UAB. I. I don't give them any home field advantage for a game in the state where like, what's the crowd going to be like 15,000, maybe. So maybe a half, if you want, maybe maybe you can use a a point. I'm going to take those owls plus three. I I think it's more of a toss up game and I'd prefer to have the dog here. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So uh, are we all everything on the board? Mm -hmm. Good. All right, I'm let's re before we get to money line sprinkles, let's review what we've got. Bud has Oregon plus three, Florida State minus 17 and a half, Oregon State team total under 29 and a half, Georgia minus 31, West Virginia, Houston over 49, Texas AM team total under 26, Navy, Charlotte under 43 and a half, Auburn team total under 24, Kentucky minus two and a half, and the UNLV Nevada under 54. I'm on. Oregon plus three, UCLA, Oregon State under 54 and a half, Tennessee minus three, North Carolina team total over 30 and a half, Purdue plus 19 and a half, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech first half under 23 and a half, Michigan team total over 39 and a half, Duke minus three, Air Force team total over 27. Come on, let's get that 26 and a half in there. Uh, Danny's is has uh, Iowa, Wisconsin under 34 and a half, Florida State minus 17 and a half, UCLA, Oregon State under 54 and a half, Tennessee minus three, or Georgia minus 31, Oregon, Washington under 67 and a half, Louisville minus seven and a half, Buffalo minus four. And Tom's loading it up. 
Oregon plus three, Iowa, Wisconsin under 34 and a half, Oregon State team total under 29 and a half, Vanderbilt plus 31 and a half, Texas A&M, Tennessee under 55, USC, Notre Dame under 60 and a half, Florida minus two and a half, Miami, Western Michigan under 44 and a half, Ohio, Northern Illinois under 44 and a half, Akron, Central Michigan under 43 and a half. It's going to be windy in the Mac. UNLV minus nine, BYU plus six, and the Iowa State, Cincinnati under 44 and a half. The Moneyline Sprinkles segment is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Got sponsors. Let's go. Let's go. Let's review uh, last week's Moneyline Sprinkles. Uh, we got to see... A win for Bud on Boston College against Army. A win with Iowa State at nearly two to one. I uh, cashed in with Georgia Tech at ten to one. And oh, Danny, Louisville, Wyoming, Utah State, winners, winners, winners. And uh, and Tom got into everybody to the pay window on moneyline sprinkles. What a great week for our partners at FanDuel to jump on board. Oklahoma at two to one uh, in the Red River rivalry. Uh, Danny, where are we going? You've got uh, Danny is currently up eleven units. Danny, we call these money line sprinkles. Like you're shooting for the moon. Danny's twelve and eleven, eleven units. Um, what? Where, where, I still like wanted the Marshall one. The Marshall one was going to be the wildest one. It almost came through. All right, uh, I'm going to go Friday night. Think that's game. Uh, West Virginia, Houston. Give me Dana Holgerson. Give me Houston first that uh, Thursday night tonight. Yeah. Uh, give me them plus one thirty. More of a backs against the wall. Like we're talking about that. West Virginia banged up somewhat. I don't love going back to the well, but Stillwater is a tough place to play. Kansas is dealing with some things at quarterback. Who the heck knows what's happening there? Uh, I also think Oklahoma State figuring out their quarterback and sticking with them and Alan Bowman. I think is the difference. So give me Oklahoma State. Plus 132. Um, the other one, I was thinking about Mizzou, but I'm going to stay away from it because of what Bud said about the weather. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball against Kentucky, so I'll stay away from that one. But give me UCLA instead. No trust in DJU. Low scoring game, one possession. I think UCLA's defense and run game can get it done. And then last one, swing for the fences. Bud mentioned it a minute ago. UAB. I this is where some of the stuff comes from. I talked to Delfer on my radio show yesterday. I love what he's doing. They've been getting things going. Jacob Zeno is completing 75% of his passes. YOLO at UTSA. Give me UAB to win the game outright. Plus 285. Mm-hmm. The Moneyline Sprinkle King has spoken. So even though I'm just 3-14 uh, and 14 on the season for Sprinkles, oh, got myself Got myself in second place overall on the units. <laughs> Thank you, George Tech Yellow Jacket. Uh, we begin with a, a situation where the Chipolytics say this thing is a toss-up. I think that there's a lot of value on Iowa State, who is trusting Emory Jones uh, in that position and where Iowa State is starting to circle things in the other direction. Um, so give me Iowa State. I believe we get plus 175. And as I cashed in on a wouldn't it be hilarious... Pitt Panthers, plus 260. Louisville coming off of the biggest win in a long time. That place was electric. People peeing their pants because they're just so excited and they don't even want to leave. 
just soaking it all in. And I, I wonder, I wonder if this is just the kind of game where, where Pitt just wrecks some dreams. We spent all week talking about the tiebreakers. If Louisville, Florida state and North Carolina all end up undefeated cards going on the road too. Yeah. That Nard dog special pit money line. Let's go. Not that you should bet on these trends, but the last couple times that Jeff Brom Purdue team took down like a big ranked team upset the next week. Big game, Brom. Let's go. Uh, all right. So that then brings us to who's Tom. it going to be? Tom. Uh, Danny, you're scared of Mizzou. I'm not. Did you not watch Georgia tear that secondary apart last week? And now here comes Brady Cook, Luther Burden, Theo Weiss, and Mookie Cooper. Give me the Tigers plus 120. And uh, this is, I've I've hyped up this team. Well, I don't know if hype's probably a little strong. I've mentioned this team as being a team that's better than we all expected. And it was impressive last week on the road against Wisconsin. But I still don't live in a universe where I am willing to trust Rutgers as a favorite against Michigan State, even this Michigan State, which it lives in limbo. So give me Sparty plus 170. But right there with Tom on Sparty plus 170, uh, with Danny on Houston plus 135, with Chip, I believe. You had BYU, right? No, at Iowa State. Sorry, I I like BYU plus two hundred, and the Tom line is just. Oh, sorry, Thomas BYU. Excuse me. The line's too damn high. Georgia Southern plus two ten to go into JMU. Mm. In Harrisburg, watch yeah, in, in Harrisburg. I I I like this Georgia Southern passing game. I, I I think they can get something done there. I mean, UVA threw on these guys. Uh, couple other teams have thrown it on them pretty successfully. I think it's doable. This Moneyline Sprinkles segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. All right. Well, that's about all the damage that we can do for week seven. We will be back Saturday night, 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. Again, like we mentioned, the the night game slate is loaded. You got USC Notre Dame going on over here. You got North Carolina and Miami going on over here. Uh, You got UCLA and Oregon State. It's going to be a lot of action that we're all going to be trying to tie up. And we'll be breaking it down with you with our instant reaction, 11.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday night. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.